tonight, I've been tasked with talking about boundaries. Here's what I feel about boundaries. You need the Bible, and then you need the boundaries book. In that order, but that's how important I think this is. Um, I have, when we're speaking of boundaries, it's about six months worth of material. So I'm going to do my best to do a flyover and just give some snapshots and hopefully pique your interest because our resource center is open and the book's in there. There's a limited supply, so buy them from the church to help us out in there. But you can also have that book and take it home and read more about that. So um, I'll do my best. I can't promise you the 8 o'clock hour. It may come and go, but if you need to leave, saranara, I won't hurt. you won't hurt my feelings. You just set that boundary and just get on out of here, whatever you need to do. Um, but maybe in your life you're trying to do good in your marriage, you're trying to do good with your children, you're trying to do good on your actual job, you're trying to do good with living for the Lord and trying to do good with other relationships, but sometimes you may still feel way down inside of you that there's still some pain, there's still some emotional problems, some spiritual pain, or maybe some... Let me, let me, let me ask this specific question. Does your life ever seem out of your control? Okay? That's a question you need to keep going over in your mind. Does your life ever seem out of your control? I'll say this and then I'll come back to my notes. Rabbit trail, here we go. That's not what God designed for it to happen to you. Okay? So I'll come back to the notes. If, you, if your life does feel out of control, it may be because you have what we'd call a boundary problem. It could be you expend tons of energy trying to have a successful life because you're not lazy, you're going to work, you're going to try your best, but you try to please so many people and you try to, you want people to like you, nothing wrong with any of this so far, but you do that to the exclusion of protecting yourself of keeping yourself healthy, and therefore, I would say you have a boundary problem. Or you're a master of taking care of everybody else's feelings and, and all of their problems, and your life is miserable. You have a boundary problem. Genesis 1.28, God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. We were made in the image of God and we were created to take responsibility for certain things. So part of taking responsibility is knowing what I'm responsible for. Knowing what my job is and knowing what my job is not. You're not responsible for everything. Some of you Messiah complex people, you're not responsible for everything. When there's confusion of responsibility and ownership in our lives, there's a boundary problem. When I don't know where someone else begins and I end, and so we have problems there. Many sincere, dedicated Christians struggle tremendously in this area. There's a lot of confusion that hopefully I can somewhat start to uh, clear up the, tonight when, when it comes to these biblically, notice the word, biblically appropriate boundaries and limits. So when confronted like I am tonight, I'm going to confront us with, are you have the prop, do you have the proper boundaries? Do you have boundaries set? Here are some questions that's going to fly into your mind. Can I set limits and boundaries and still be a loving person? 
Because to you, it sounds like if you say no to somebody, well, I'm not being Christ-like. What are legitimate boundaries? Great question. What if someone is upset or hurt by the boundaries I set? Good question. How do I answer someone who, who wants my time, my energy, my love, my money? Or even some would say, why, why do I feel guilty or afraid when I even consider setting a boundary? How do boundaries relate to submission? We're supposed to do what people ask of us. We're Christians. Aren't boundaries selfish? Oh, that's a big one we have to jump over. A lot of good questions. Probably can't answer them all tonight. I'll try my best to set this up the best I can. You've probably heard me use this analogy. Many of us live in a home. We have homes. We have a piece of property that we own or rent, and that is our piece of property. My piece of property is in an older neighborhood, and you know how they used to do, put all the chain-link fences around them so we know exactly where my property is. I am responsible for everything inside of that chain-link fence. I am not responsible for my neighbor's yard. I'm not responsible for my neighbor's roof. I'm not responsible for this neighbor's front door. I'm responsible for my yard. I'm responsible for what's in that yard. And that gives me, since I have uh, uh, boundaries that define us, it gives me a lot of liberty. It gives me a lot of freedom in that when I take the responsibility. My neighbor's yard is not my responsibility, but my yard is my responsibility. If I don't own or take responsibility for my choices and options, they become very, very limited. Do you know how easy it is to blame everybody else for every one of your problems? But you know when you do that, you have relinquished all control of your problems to everybody else. I don't want people having that much control of my life. So in order to have control of your life, you must take responsibility. Why were you late for work? I'll tell you. People drive slow and every red light. No, it probably is because you got up 10 minutes before you needed to be there and you live 20 minutes away. The other one's called lying. <laughs> I'm telling you, folks, this is so, it just slides off your tongue to say, well, this is the reason, this is the reason. Or is it because you made a mistake? Is it because you made a bad choice? Is it because you were dumb in that scenario? You take responsibility. I don't want to. Well, then you're relinquishing control to everybody else around you. This is what a boundary is. Imagine someone telling you, you've got to guard this. You've got to guard this property. You, you can't let anything happen to this property. You're held responsible for what happens to this property. All right, okay, okay, where's the property? Just there. Where's there? Can I build a fence? Just guard the property. And if there's no boundary, forget it. Here's your job. Guard the property. You're going to get $100,000 a year to just guard the property. I would be so frustrated within 10 seconds because I don't know if I'm doing my job or not. I don't know where the property is. I don't know where the property line is. I don't know what I'm supposed to be guarding. How many times in our life the Word of God says we need to take responsibility for our own selves. We'll read that in a second in Galatians. But we sometimes don't understand where our property is. Where our life ends and someone else's begins and where what we're responsible for. All right, let's go to Galatians 6.2. Bear ye one another's burdens. 
and so fulfill the law of Christ. Oh, well, right there, Brother Land, let's dismiss church. We don't need boundaries. You're to be all things to all men. Bear everybody's burdens. That's not exactly what this scripture is saying. We're responsible absolutely to others, but we're responsible for ourselves. Okay, so this verse is showing responsibility to one another. There are times others have a burden they cannot bear. It's too big for them. That's what this means. Bear ye one another's burdens. Denying ourselves to do for others what they can't do for themselves. That is sacrificial love. That's what Jesus did. I could not pay my debt. He came and paid it. That's sacrificial love. It's something I could not do. I can mow my own yard. Or in my case, I pay to have someone mow it. Anyway, I can mow my own yard. But if I break both my feet, I can't mow my own yard. That's a burden I can't do. I need help. And somebody's going to have to help. Again, in my case, if I can hire it done or, or Janella mow it. Anyway, so if I can hire it done or do something like that, but this is, I'm, I'm going to use simple little things for us to get in the right area. But if it's something that I cannot do, that's where the body of Christ, that's where your family, that's where a friend, that's where someone needs to step in and help bear your burden, okay? Because this Galatians 6, or Galatians 6, 5. Colossians. <laughs> right between Philippians. Um, Galatians 6, 5. For every man shall do what? Mow my yard. No, bear his own burden. Bear your own burden. There are only things you can do I can't do for you. No one can do certain things for you. We have to take ownership. You have to let others take ownership of only what they can do. Okay? So in other words, I'm the only one who can do, who can repent for myself. I can't repent for you. You have to do that on your own. There are only things you can do. There are only things that I can do, and we have to know what those are. The problem arises when people act as if their huge loads that they cannot bear, literally they cannot bear, are just their daily loads, and they just, they won't ask for any help, or they refuse help. I've seen people go through tremendous trials and circumstances and the load is so heavy and you offer to help. No, I don't need any help. Yes, you do. You can't bear this on your own. You need help. And somebody's willing to help you. But then conversely, I've seen the other side that people think that their daily loads are massive weights. I had to get up. And I had to work eight hours today. I don't have time to water the plants. I need somebody to water the plants. Let the plants die. If you don't have time, yeah, I bet you have time. 
Why? It's nobody else's responsibility. That's just in your property. You do what you can do. You take responsibility for that. So what I'm talking about here is boundaries. Boundaries, yes, we can see them on a property line, but literal boundaries in my life. What am I responsible for? What are you responsible for? And when do we need to come in each other's yard and help bear one another's burdens? That's kind of what we're going to look at here, hopefully in 30 minutes. So we're going to look at eight myths. These are myths when it comes to boundaries. Myth number one, if I set a boundary, I am selfish. It's absolutely true that we are called to be giving, loving, caring, and concerned people for others. So then don't boundaries turn us from others-centeredness to self-centeredness? The answer is no. Because appropriate boundaries actually increase our abilities to care for one another. Okay, we'll hang on, we'll keep going in this. Let's make a distinction here between selfishness and stewardship. Selfishness has to do with a fixation on our own wishes and our own desires to the exclusion of our responsibilities to love others. Okay, when I want to do it all myself and I only want to do it when I want to and I only want to fulfill all my wishes and desires and I don't want to help one other person on the face of the earth, I don't have any other word to use for you. You're selfish. That's what the definition of that. Well, no, I'm setting a boundary. No, you're selfish because you're trying to fulfill everything in you when someone else can't bear their burden and you're not willing to help them. So not selfishness. We're dealing with stewardship, however. God said, he said, I'll meet all your needs according to his riches and glory. He did not say, I'll meet all your wishes. So my neighbor comes over and he, is, uh, he wants me to take him to QT to get a drink. And I've come home from work. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I still have stuff to do. And my answer is no. Some of you are getting sweat piled up just by me telling the scenario because, oh, I can't say no. Why can't you say no? That's not a, that's not a need. They wish for you to do something for them. Again, our needs, yes, there are responsibilities. Even with God's help, however, it's crucial to understand that meeting our own needs is basically our job. Don't ever forget that. Some people, some people are, and we'll, oh, I don't have time to do all this, but some people are boundary pushers. And they'll get in your property any chance they get, and they'll make it your problem. Because they don't want to take responsibility for themselves. They don't want to do that. So some individuals seem, also see their need as bad or selfish or at best a luxury and others see them as something that God or others should do for them. But the Bible is clear. Our lives are our responsibilities. He's going to provide. He's going to help. But I promise you he provides many times by you getting a job. Does that make sense? If I'm, and again, please, I'm gonna, I don't have time to fill in all the, all the blanks here and put all the disclaimers in. If I am an able-bodied person who's able to work and able to get a job and I won't do that and provide for myself, the Bible has some specific verses for that too. So what I do is I get up in the morning and I lay around all day long and I say, oh God, I have, I've got all these bills to pay. My responsibility 
is to do what I can do. Let God do what he can do, but I've got to do what I can do. A helpful way to understand setting limits is that our lives are a gift from God. Okay, I apologize. I'm, my head is going 1,000 miles an hour, and I'm jumping back and forth, and I don't mean to. I'll try to follow my notes better. But when we say no to people and to activities that are hurtful to us, we're protecting our investment. We're protecting the temple of the Holy Ghost. That is not selfish. If y'all come past my house tonight and you stand in the front yard and sling rocks through my front window, I'm calling the cops and I'm pressing charges. You are so selfish. We had a desire to throw rocks through your window. I don't care. That's a boundary. You ain't doing it. And you better pray the cops get there before I get outside. Because we're all going to jail. Sister Rachel Gore in business will have knocked teeth out or whatever, but the deal is you would understand that. If I got mad, someone standing there throwing rocks through my front window, you'd understand me going out there and stopping them. Then why do you let people throw rocks through your front window of your emotions and of your house that is the temple of the Holy Ghost? And yet we label that we call that we, we we label it selfish. How is that selfish? Because I'm protecting myself. It's not selfish on a stupid house, but it's selfish on the temple of the Holy Ghost. Folks, these things ought not be. When we say no to people and activities, it's okay to do that. And it's okay to, to understand that I have the right to do that. I'm protecting myself when I am completely worn out. Oh, I'm going to tell on myself and get voted out by doing it. When I'm completely worn out and I can't handle your phone call, it goes to voicemail. And if it's real important, you'll leave a message and I can call you back. But there are times I am, you don't want me on the phone, trust me. There are times I am emotionally spent. I can't. I have nothing more to give. That's a boundary I set. And so, y'all understand this. It's not being selfish. It's not being cruel. It's not being mean. It's simply saying, I've got to protect myself. I've got to. Now, some people protect themselves. Well, I've got to protect myself. I can't drive my own car. Whatever. Can't answer my own phone and send my own texts. Whatever. The point is, you know, there's, there's, we got outliers here. But let's talk mainstream on this. But I can say no to certain things. Myth number two, boundaries are a sign of disobedience. Hopefully do this one quickly. Many Christians fear that setting and keeping limits signals rebellion or disobedience. Well, if the pastor, if I come to you, can you, can you be here Saturday and mow the yard? And if I say no. I said no to the holy man of God who stands behind the pulpit. If you don't want to, say no. Well, how can I do that and not be disobedient? I asked you. I asked if you would. Parenting 101, this is why I was very, very careful with my words. Words mean something. When I would ask Skylar, if I told Skylar, I want you to go in the kitchen and get my wallet, that was a directive from his dad. If he did not do that, that was disobedience. 
So I was very careful with my words, and I would say things like, Skylar, hey, while you're up in the kitchen, can you get my wallet? He had every right in the entire world to say no. <gasps> you let your kids say no? He could set boundaries. I asked him. He's alive and well and breathing. He can set boundaries. If I was in a hurry and I, he, I needed to pull the dad card, I would say, Skylar, get me my wallet, bring it here. And he better be moving and getting it, or that's disobedient. Do you see the difference? Oh, God, there's so much to say. You've got to just, just understand. Uh, again, we're not in child class, sorry. But boundaries, they're not a sign of disobedience. An internal no, uh, an internal no nullifies an external yes. Hey, can you come, can you come mow the yard on Saturday? Yes. And you get on Facebook and rip me to shreds how lazy I am, do it yourself, calling all your friends, and when you get here, you're cutting corners and breaking stuff because you're mad. I would much rather you say no because in other words, if we say yes to God or anyone else when we really mean no, we move into this area called compliance and really it's kind of the same as lying. You don't have to say yes to everything. Here's a good way to look at this myth that boundaries are a sign of disobedience. If you can't say no, then you can't say yes. Why can't you say no? Oh, they won't like me. Then you can't say a yes to them truly because you're saying it out of fear. And you follow? I gotta, I gotta hurry. But you can't, if you're not able to say no, what motivates you to say yes? Because I love the church and I love to mow the yard. Wonderful, I'm glad you said yes. We really don't know. Don't come here Saturday to be mowed by them. But, but if, I, if you're scared to say no, because if I say no, they won't like me anymore. And if I say no, they'll think I'm lazy. And if I say no, they'll think, and you're the only one that can set that boundary. You're the only one if you truly want to do it or not. Now, if someone is in desperate need of help, if my neighbor comes over and they want me to take them to QT to get a soda and I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm tired. I'm not doing it. But if my neighbor comes over with their hand halfway cut off and they can't drive and they say, can you please take me to the doctors? No, I've worked today. I mean, who's gonna watch that rom-com and eat that popcorn if I don't? Ladies and gentlemen, that is selfish. I need to bear his burden. He couldn't do it. He can do without soda or walk or figure something else out. He can't do without his hand being cut off and bleeding to death. I need to help in those cases. So you have to understand this. There's times you can say no, and it's not a sign of disobedience. There's times we need to get into somebody else's territory and bear their burdens. These are all talking about boundaries. Myth number three, if I begin setting boundaries, I'll be hurt by others. Many people believe in boundaries but are terrified of the consequences. This is going to be brutal. Is it possible that others will become angry at our boundaries and attack or withdraw from us? Yes. 
and some of us can't handle that. I'm not saying being rude. I'm not saying take. I'm not saying uh, being obnoxious. I'm not saying taking responsibility and ownership of, of someone else's life and not your own. Jesus told the rich young man. He came to him and said, "What's it going to do to, to, to uh, get eternal life?" And Jesus said, "Sell all you have and give to the poor." That young man was worshiping his success and worshiping money. And Jesus said, you need to stop and give it all and follow me. Jesus told him truth and the man walked away. Jesus, that's not a very, very good way to start a ministry. He had moolah. He could have supported some stuff for you. Jesus said, I'm not moving boundaries. This is what I believe, and this is what it takes. I've drawn a line. And so was that man angry? Possibly. We don't know. Did he leave Jesus? Yes. He didn't come to church anymore. He left. We don't have any other record of him. So the idea is really we can do no less. We cannot manipulate people into swallowing our boundaries by sugarcoating them. We cannot manipulate it. It's not what boundaries are across are about. Here's a litmus test. You ready for this? Here's a litmus test for the quality of our relationships. Those people in close relationships with you, you've said yes a thousand times in 50 different areas. Tell them no and see what happens. And if they blow up and throw a fit, I think you have your answer of how close your relationship was and what the relationship was built on. And sometimes we don't want to know that. Setting limits has to do with telling the truth. Sometimes setting boundaries clarifies that you were left, uh, 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 that you were left a long time ago. Maybe they're physically still there, but they, you left them a lo- they left you a long time ago and they're simply using what they can get from you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost and that's not what you do with the temple of the Holy Ghost. So if I can't say no to you, then I wholeheartedly can't say yes to you either. If I'm scared of what will happen, if I'm scared of what the, what the consequences may be. If I set boundaries, I'll hurt others. It's a problem. Sometimes you see boundaries as an offensive weapon. This is far from the truth. Nothing could be further from the truth, really, because boundaries are, are not an offensive tool. They're a defensive tool. <laughs> you don't use boundaries to control people. Say it again and I'll punch you. Well, no, folks, that's not how boundaries work. Boundaries say, say it again, and I'm leaving. I can't control you saying it again. You can stand there and fuss and cuss and do all you want to. I'm not standing here and listening to it. What are you going to do? Leave? Get in the car and drive away? I can set that boundary. I can't control you. I can't control what you're going to do, how you're going to react, but I can control what I'm going to do. And that is the boundary that I said. Even when someone has a valid problem, there are times when we can't sacrifice for some reason or another. Jesus did that. He left the multitude. There were still people who needed taught. There were still people who needed healed. And Jesus left them to get away to rest. 
There are times I have to take care of myself. You have to take care of yourself. You have to stay healthy because that's the boundary. It is, again, it's not setting a boundary on somebody else as far as telling them what they can and cannot do. It's my reaction to what they do to me. The reason is simple. Having more than one person in our lives allows our friends to be human. And so I have to have a network of people around me. If you're a person who have, has one friend in your life, you're going to drain the life out of that friend. Because if they can't go to coffee today, you got your feelings hurt and you're crying for three days. <laughs> they had a doctor's appointment. So this is why we work to have more than just one person that we put our entire talk in and our entire life in. Do we need friends? Absolutely. Do we need connections? Absolutely. Do we have closer friends than others? Yes, that's all fine and good. However, we've got to be careful to not to be able to let them set boundaries also. Because we've got, they cannot be available 24-7. Likewise, I can't be available 24-7 to somebody. We aren't enslaved to each other's schedules. Each of us have a life. We have taken the responsibility to develop several supportive relationships in a biblical fashion. We can take no from someone. We can hear that, no, I can't do that today. Okay. That's fine. Why? Because I have five more people to ask. But when you're bound to just one person, it gets so daunting on them. Myth number five, boundaries mean that I'm angry. Not necessarily. <laughs> and I say not necessarily. Because if you're one that have never set boundary and you start setting boundaries, your the friends and people around you were gonna, are going to say things like this. You're not the nice person I, that, I met, that I knew before. You're not as nice as you used to be. <laughs> and the guilt and the shame is going to catch in and drain on you because that simply translated is you don't jump when I say jump anymore. And you're not doing what I want you to do and therefore you're not nice anymore. That's what all that is. That many times that's what that means. So will there be times that anger is part of this? Yes, because you get aggravated. Okay, there's times that you'll get aggravated because there's, there's, you'll, you'll begin to realize as you set boundaries, wow, they've taken advantage of me. That has, been, that has not been a boundary, and they've been in my yard eating the apples off my apple tree for a long, long time or whatever, and so I'm setting a boundary now, and sometimes that old anger comes up. Here's the thing about this. Oh, I'm going to start down this. I don't have time. but There are um, emotions Emotions are good. Emotions signal things and tell us things. Fear tells us there's danger, and fear tells us there's danger. You need to look. You need to move. You need to get out of there. That's what fear tells us. Sadness tells us we've lost something, a relationship, an opportunity, and sometimes it helps us to realize, I don't want to do that again. I want to do better than me in sadness or some things of that nature. Anger is also a signal. Does not the Bible say be angry and what? It doesn't say don't be angry. It says be angry and don't, don't sin about it. But like fear, anger signals something. Anger signals danger. However, fear makes us withdraw. Anger makes us confront. Have you ever been in a situation you got so mad? Just like, I wish they were here. 
Why are you doing that? Because you're mad? There have been times, folks, <laughs> I probably shouldn't do stuff like this. I have been so mad at the devil, I was talking to him. Come here! Come in this living room, I dare you. I was furious. I hope I'm the foot that kicks him in hell. I hate him so bad. I, but the point is, anger fuels that. And we're all supposed to be Mr. Rogers. Yes, of course. Are we supposed to be kind and loving? Absolutely. But are there times you need to get mad about something? Yeah. There are times that the devil has messed with your family and somebody needs to get mad about it. I don't care how much he's messed and I don't care what he's done. It's just like, I'll show you. I'll go on a 75,000 hour fast. I don't care what it takes. I'm gonna hurt your kingdom so bad. What, what, you know what happened? That anger fuels that. Anger tells us many times that boundaries have been violated. You've done this, folks. Somebody come ask you to do something. Hey, tomorrow night, can you make, by tomorrow night, can you make 12 dozen cookies for the bake sale? And you'll go, I guess. And when you get home, you're not Martha Stewart. Whipping the frosting. You know what you are? Slam! A till and the hunt in there. Do you know what that's telling you? A boundary has been violated and you let it and now you're mad. That's what that's telling you. So the thing about this is, it was, what are you telling me? Just be mad all the time? No. But don't be scared of those feelings sometimes because they're helping you, signaling something. Someone's pushing on my boundary. Someone's getting in my territory and I'm not happy about this and it triggers something. Do something about it. Bake 12 dozen cookies then. Well, I don't want to. Then don't. Well, they won't have anything for the bake sale. And? Well, they'll think I'm lazy. <laughs> have we done this before? And? Well, we won't make any money for the... And? The world will still spin tomorrow. You'll still get up and go to work. And you'll probably still have the Holy Ghost. Why? Because you set a boundary. Sometimes it's hard for people, but sometimes that anger will help us know someone's in my yard. Not getting mad at them, not getting upset at them, but getting mad at the circumstances to say, I'm going to say a no, and I'm going to mean it. Don't get mad. Don't just get even is an old saying. The better one is don't get mad. Set a limit. People walking around working for the Lord. Oh, yeah. We gotta be here. Wednesday nine, and then they're going to have this Father's Day out, and I'm going to be here. Don't! I mean, if it don't stress you out, stay home. When you're the pastor, you need everybody to come to church. Yes, you probably need to pray through, but the point being, <laughs> is if everything working for God makes you mad. Here's my suggestion. You're about that close to burnout. And you need to start setting some boundaries. 
Maybe those boundaries ought to be on all the 57 extracurricular activities that you're doing and leave the church intact. But set some boundaries somewhere. Number six, let me hurry. When others set boundaries, it injures me. <laughs> Having someone say no to our request for support leaves a bad taste in our mouths. It, we don't like it. We don't like rejection. It feels cold. It feels hurtful. And so we don't want to do that to anybody else. So we don't like a set of boundary towards them. And so therefore, we, we don't like, I'm sorry, we don't like a, a set boundary towards us. So we don't want to set a boundary towards them either. But having these inappropriate boundaries can so injure so many times in our life. Again, I, not to go to childhood too much, but because I'm, some people, they, you know, they blame their parents. Well, I only have one tennis shoe. Blame their parents for everything. It's just like ridiculous. <laughs> but sometimes kids growing up, never, they never had a voice, never had an opinion, had to do this, had to do that. And it just, there was really no boundaries in their life. And so when they get older, they, sometimes they don't feel like they can set a boundary. They feel guilty and all kinds of things go with that. Don't have time to say all that. But so a lot of times what we do is we project that on somebody else. We want to disown from that. And so we project the bad feelings on somebody else. And so when that happens, they set a boundary towards us. We, they set a boundary. We get our feelings all hurt and we project towards them what they, the feelings and it just gets all crazy. But can I go back to the very beginning and say, they have to take responsibility for themselves. You have to take responsibility for yourselves. So this inability to receive someone's boundary may mean there's a, there's a, there's a relationship that's not good. Can I, can I use the word idolatrous relationship? Because if I say it like that, when a conflict with one uh, person can bring us so much despair, is it possible we put more stock in that person and we've put them on the throne of our life rather than God? God is the only one with ultimate veto power in our life. He sits on the throne and rules and reigns in our life. So it's crucial to develop several deep relationships with people, understanding that not one person can control your life. But some people get in the situations like that. I've seen abusive situations to where one person is controlling their life. And I know I go through this. It's like, well, here's what you do. Quit, just leave, get in the car and pack up and drive. Well, what about, what about, what about, what about, what about? I understand there's levels of stuff that people need help through. But bottom line, you're not doing yourself any favor by letting yourself get run over constantly and being hurt constantly and being worn out constantly and being mad constantly and not not having control of your life constantly. And that's all a boundary problem. When we have a person we can't take a no from, what is that person in our life? What control do they have over our life? An inability to accept others' boundaries can indicate a problem in taking responsibility because they want you to fix their problem. They want you to be able to do this for them. Some people become so accustomed to others rescuing them that they begin to believe that their well-being is someone else's problem. It's your job. <laughs> now we'll go to marriage counseling. It's your job to make me happy. That's a lie. I've heard it this way. I never had anger problems till I met you. Oh, yes, you did. 
They're just squeezing them to the top. They were there. Sometimes all this happens because we don't set boundaries. I was in my house some time ago, probably three, four years ago. Get this phone call. Sorry, Sky. It's my son. Dad. What, Sky? My truck won't start. Why won't it start? What's it doing? Oh, it just clicks. I said, okay. I was sitting out here, sitting out in the parking lot talking to a girl, and he, uh, he didn't know just leaving the key on instead of starting it. So he ran the battery down. So me, as his loving father, panicked. My son, away from me, in the scary new life parking lot, and I hurried to his side. No, I said, you ran the battery down. In your wallet is a car that says AAA. Call them, they'll tell you what to do. Click. I didn't run the battery down. He wasn't in danger. I bet he don't do it again. You're a mean dad, maybe. But he ain't living with me all his life. I'm trying to teach him get out. Point is, could he do that? Absolutely. Did he need to learn a lesson? Absolutely. Was he upset? I don't care. Thing is, setting that boundary. Well, what were you doing? I don't care if I was cleaning my ears out. It doesn't matter what I was doing. It was not my responsibility. Well, he's your kid. He ain't too. <laughs> oh, we get in parenting class so quickly. Okay, so the point being is sometimes there's boundaries that have to be set that sometimes you don't like to set, sometimes others don't like to set, and because, again, we have problems within ourselves, and, and so we have to, did I say you have to take responsibility for yourself and let everybody else take responsibilities for themselves? Myth number seven, sorry, you can go if you want. Boundaries cause feelings of guilt. This is a huge one. One of the major obstacles to setting boundaries with others in our lives is our feelings of obligation. Many individuals solve this dilemma by avoiding boundary setting with those to whom they feel an obligation. I feel obligated. Why do you feel obligated? Well, they're so nice. The idea is that because we've received something from them, we owe them something. That's called manipulation. <laughs> that's called strings attached. That's not a gift. That's a loan. A gift is, I want to give this to you. And I say thank you, and they're happy with the thank you if I take the gift and go throw it in the dumpster. It's my gift to do with whatever I want. They've given it to me, no strings attached, but so many times boundaries cause guilt because we feel someone owes us something or they feel we owe them something. We got to distinguish here between those who give to get and those who truly give selflessly. Why do you live for Jesus? 
It ain't really a trick question, I don't think. Because I don't want to go to hell. Well, I, yeah, I don't either, but do you know that really never crosses my mind? Why do I live for Jesus? Because I really love him. I have a great life living for him. I have an abundant life living for Jesus Christ. He's given me so much, and he's been so good to me. By grace, are you saved? Not of works. Are you going to brag about it? It's his grace. He did all this for me. So in return, what am I doing this for? Why do I live a certain way? Why do I want to please him? Because I'm scared to death. No, it comes from a place of love. It comes from a good place because he has been so good to me. So it's a return and a reflection of gratitude. If you live for Jesus because you're scared not to, what a miserable life. You're not accepting his gifts for what he's given to you. It's not a gift so that I owe him. It's a gift because he loves me, and in return, I love him back. That's how this works. This is how this ought to work this way also. If you ever give me a gift, and you constantly remind you of, well, that's fine if you don't want to come over. I, I gave you that gift, though. That gift's going to be through your front window. You're... No. Because I thought it was a gift. I didn't know I owed you for that. That's a loan. So when this idea of these boundaries, they cause guilt. Folks, and again, I, I, there's, you're going to have to think hard with me. There are times that, yes, I do things because there, there are things that I'm, I'm obligated to do because I'm a dad or because I'm a husband or because I'm a pastor of the church. And I think that's all fine. We understand that we, there are certain things that we do. But I hope my entire life is not driven on the fact that I must do this stuff. I have to do this and I have to do that. It has to be flipped around where I don't have guilt and I get to do stuff. I wonder if that's why the scripture says God loves a cheerful giver. Everybody, I'm checking the tithing roll. If you haven't are on up to date, you're out of here. So that's why you come here? So that's why I want people in the... What? That's just ridiculousness. How much better that we don't come up here and hammer people for offerings and just sob stories and slap people around. But you give because you want to. Isn't that a much better way? So you don't have to feel guilty. You don't have to feel guilty of setting a limit on what you give. You don't have to feel guilty on setting a limit on what you do. You set the boundary. Understand, we've got to be, I'm going to throw this word in there, they've got to be biblical boundaries, but you can set them 
and you can take control of your life. Number, myth number eight, boundaries are permanent and I'm afraid of burning my bridges. This simply is saying that boundaries are movable. Just because you set a boundary doesn't mean that the boundary always has to be there. When Skyler was little, the boundary was, no, you're not driving the car. Now he's got his license, the boundary is, Skyler, please drive the car. I don't want to drive. Well, that's not consistent. You move the boundary. Understand their mind to move. Paul said to John Mark, he went on a missionary journey and Barnabas said, let's have John Mark. Paul said, it ain't happening. That little squirt left us. He's too young and experienced. No. Those two guys got in such contention that they parted ways. But at the end of Paul's life, he said, can you send John Mark to me? I want him as a companion. I need John Mark. The timing was right to change the boundary. Bottom line, ladies and gentlemen, for healthy homes and to be healthy within ourselves, and I apologize, I have botched this. I have been all over the place. It's just too much material, and my brain goes crazy. So buy the book. But prayerfully set boundaries. You desperately need them. You need them in every area of your life because then you take full control and full responsibility for your life. So what's that mean? I can act the way I want to? No, that's not biblical boundaries. So that's what's that mean? I don't have to listen to any authority in my life? No, that's not biblical boundaries. But setting biblical boundaries so that I can be healthy I don't have to feel guilty, don't have to feel bad, don't have to feel manipulated. I can set those boundaries to protect the temple of the Holy Ghost. And ladies and gentlemen, I promise you that frees you up to be a kind person, to be a giving person, to be a loving person, to be a helping person because nothing's coerced. It simply comes from a heart of gratefulness because I'm in control of myself. Stand with me, won't you? Let's pray together. Lord, I pray that you would touch each one of us. Pray that you would help us, God. We, we understand we're not called to be selfish. We don't, we don't want that, Lord. We don't want pride to sneak in, any type of entitlement. But Lord, we are made in your image and we are to be responsible for certain things. And I pray that you'd reveal those to us, that we take those responsibilities and take them seriously in our our families and in our marriages and as raising children in, a, in this church, whatever the responsibilities are that we take those seriously, God. But I pray that you would help us to know where our property line ends and to be able, Lord, to draw some boundaries to keep the temple holy, to keep ourselves pure, to keep our minds stayed on you and to be able to give from a heart of generosity and from a, from a heart that's, that's overflowing with thankfulness and love and goodness from you. I pray that you'd bless each one. I pray that you'd help us this day and this entire month, Lord, to work on ourselves, our homes, our lives, to become more healthy, to be which, everything that you'd have us to be. I pray that you'd bless us now. Keep us close to you and in your care. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.